Grace and peace, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a magnanimous day. It's your girl, Yammy, a.k.a. Yams B. Sam. And you are now listening to Can I Be Honest? Can I be honest? I am, um... Excited. I feel like I'm getting into a flow with this podcasting life. Um, and I have decided to keep uh, this interview style podcasting thing going for a little while longer. Um, June is not only a month uh, that we celebrate Juneteenth or the beginning of summer, it, uh, Father's Day also falls in June. Um, so I uh, decided that I wanted to have a conversation with some of my favorite fathers about the significance, the importance of uh, being a Black father, having a Black father, uh, or honoring Black and or honoring Black fathers. Um, uh, First up in this conversation is a friend of mine who so happens to be a famous superstar guy. Um, He is a news reporter. Um, He is... Oh God, I'd be surprised if you guys don't see him on the main stage, like really main top, like super, super high level um, reporting, newscasting kind of thing um, in the near future. He's such a a wonderful soul and I'm so happy that he's my brother, Friendy Clairvaux, aka Trendy Friendy, um, uh, sat down and uh, and had a conversation with me honestly about uh, fatherhood. So without further ado, Let's listen to this conversation that I had with my friend. But first, a message from our sponsor. So this is going to be like a, this is family. So of course, I'm going to try to remember that this is not just a personal conversation between you and me. (laughs) This is something that I'm putting on platform. But welcome. Now, I know that many people already know this famous face. Okay, my God, I am connected to some very famous people. My God, (laughs) my God, my God. And if you are not familiar, I'd like to welcome to the Can I Be Honest platform a friend of mine who has been in my life uh, since uh, uh, my freshman year of undergraduate school at the University of Florida. Go Gators. Um, Who is a prominent... Uh, journalist um, and is well on his way to being one of the four uh, forefront inspirational leaders, journalistic uh, uh, integrity, brilliant mind, thought-provoking personalities, who also happens to be Haitian. Oh, yes. (laughs) And a dad. (laughs) And his name is Friendy Clairvaux, also named Trendy Friendy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Friendy Clairvaux to Can I Be Honest? (laughs) Woo! Wow, I don't know what to say after that. Wow, (laughs) introduction. But, you know, I seriously, um, Yams, I definitely have to just thank God for all that he's done, because I can't believe that I'm at this point, just hearing what you have to say, I'm like, wow, yo, I, he's really helped me do a, to do a lot of things. And even you, Yami, we've come a long way. My God, haven't we come a long Actually, while I have the chance, ah, uh-huh. let me get off camera. Let me, okay. don't, let me also go ahead and do a shameless plug. 
Uh, oh, he got the book. My friend, Friendy Clervo, has also is an award-winning published author. He has a book called Stuttering Stephen that is available yeah. for purchase. I'll go ahead and make sure I put the link for his purchase information um, yeah. on the platform so that you guys can go ahead and um, get it. But I also wanted to mention that not only is he a critically acclaimed journalist, but he's a critically acclaimed author. Uh, Ms. Me, Yami, Messi, thank you. <laughs> 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 That's a shameless plug. I'm not getting paid for this one, okay, guys? <laughs> thank you, thank you, Yami. So listen, I, what I, you doing, Yami? You're doing some great stuff. You know, we've been seeing some other podcasts, and you talking to people about mental health and bringing that to light. Really good stuff. I really appreciate it. Um, I I told Friendy off uh, camera that I, I looked at some of my grades from undergraduate and I was like, I, I thought to myself, I wish I would have maybe taken a stab at um, going the journalism route because it's something in me that likes the idea of doing it. And I'm kind of going off book and just kind of developing my skill sets. If uh, you're doing it, you're doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, guys, I had to send I had to send him my questions in advance. I was like, let me tell you something, because I don't want you embarrassing me in front of these people. <laughs> but, you know, Go ahead. Platform and everything, Yams, honestly, even coming from a journalist who I do this every day, but you know, everything that you're doing, you're trying to make sure you get both sides and you're not being salacious, mm. which is very Oh, I appreciate it, brother. So I brought Friendy um, into the fold. Uh, I, I wanted to continue um, kind of this interview styled um, uh, podcast for a little bit. Um, and uh, what I realized uh, when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, what can I talk to? Who can I interview? Who And what can we talk about? I realized that Father's Day was coming. So I, yeah. I so happened to have gone to uh, uh, the barbershop uh, uh, yesterday and just out of, out of happenstance, a bunch of men who uh, were having a conversation, they were like, oh, well, you know, uh, when's the next holiday? And me being me, I was like, oh, I think the next holiday is, uh, what did say? I say? I think I said Fourth of July. July. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately the whole barbershop erupted. See, they always forget about us. They don't never think about us. Father's Day is coming up. It's not even a holiday. <laughs> so I wanted to dedicate um, the month of June to yeah. having conversations with Black fathers specifically. Mm -hmm. um, we're in a, a crazy time. Uh, where, you know, uh, at the forefront of, uh, like, police violence or, you know, death shootings or, or you know, uh, that are going on, Black males are at mm -hmm. the forefront of that conversation. But there's another side of it. And yeah. what I want to kind of do um, in this time is have conversations with some of the Black fathers that I know. Um, sure to help destigmatize what we've traditionally uh, seen as the mold for, um, uh, the, or the imagery for Black fathers. And the best way to do it is to have honest dialogue with Black fathers. And it's, it's, it's important that I specify that it's Black fathers because okay. Black fathers have continuously 
been um, given the perception uh, of not being present, mm -hmm. of of uh, of not stepping up, right, and or uh, or, or that the the family fold is only significant because a black mother is holding up the fold. And while I value black mothers, I am a black mother. Um, right. It's really important for us to, or for me, to say to my black brothers that I love you, I support you, my black fathers, that we support you and that we love you. Uh, so what I'll do here is um, just kind of ask a couple questions and then Friendy, okay. um, we'll go from there. Um, All right. <laughs> so Friendy, did you have a father growing up in your life? Do you have a father? Yes, I had a father growing up and I have to say, um, uh, um, Papa Clever, you know, I'm Haitian, gotta throw it, gotta throw it the Haitian language in there. Right. Um, I love my father um, more and more as I began to grow up. And particularly, honestly, in college, that's when, excuse me, I began to realize how important having a father in your life was. Because for me, it was the norm because my dad was there before I was born. Of course, he was with my mom for all that time. So um, having a father always seeing a, a hardworking man was something I was used to seeing. And but then through high school, even college, when you're hearing all these different stories about people like, oh, their dad isn't here, or maybe from some instances, God forbid, you know, they passed away, or some fathers just chose not to remain in their lives, it gave me a gut check. Mm. So what was your relationship like with your father? Growing um, up? Growing up, I was afraid of my dad. Listen, <laughs> listen, I did. <laughs> When my dad would walk in the house, I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to make sure I straighten up, make sure. But it was in the sense of reverence more so, not like afraid that I can't talk to him. It was because my dad was like a man's man. Mm. It was when my dad came into the room, you knew he meant business. His voice carried authority. So automatically anything was like this. My dad was like, yes, sir. You know, that type of thing. And so our relationship growing up, was more so of like, okay, you're my kid, so I'm the father, listen, all of that stuff. But it wasn't until I started getting in high school slash college that our relationship began to mature, meaning I started understanding him more mm. and we began to be more friends, if you would. Because until then, he was like, you're not, I'm, I'm not your friend, I'm your father. And, and you know what? You don't you don't understand it until you become a parent. That's yes. that's kind of like there, there's a survival tactic that we're all kind of holding on to. And, that, and yeah. I think that our generation is kind of a, a little bit more lenient than our parents may have been. But there's a mm -hmm. like I need to prepare you for life. So I can't yeah. afford to be, you know, a zombie. Right, right, exactly. And, and you know what? That's what my daddy used to always say. His biggest thing was like, you know, I'm your father, so I'm your chef. And it wasn't in a sense as being a dictator, but it was more so of stewardship. Like he was like, as long as you're under my roof, I have X amount of years to get you ready for the world. So listen to what I have to say, because I may not have had book smarts, but I had street smarts and experience. Uh, and as, right. And as I started growing up, yeah, I mean, I was like, 
Oh, so that's what he talked about. That's what he was saying. That's what one of the stories I never forget about my dad, him saying was that, um, of course, I'm going to say it in Creole and I translate. My dad always said, um, um, which means make sure you, you always carry yourself in a high regard in that your name is your passport. My dad always made it clear. He was like, remember, you have two things already against you. You are an immigrant and you're a black man. And so for that, he would always tell me certain things that I had to do in order to succeed in life. And it's interesting now, you fast forward in 2020, and some of the racial components that my dad was talking about, it's literally unfolding before our eyes every day. That's crazy. And no That's a good one. That's a good one. Now, that friend, did you have any paternal, uh, other paternal figures in your life? Like father figures? Um, Oh, yeah, honestly, for me, it was more so um, men of faith, like my pastors growing up. And then they were just not oh, the Bible 365 days a year. These were also guys, as two that were professional, that also taught you real life skills as well, because they wanted to make sure that I was balanced, that, okay, your most important thing as a man is making sure you have Christ in your life and doing all that you can to follow him. And then also your family and then professionally. You know, what are you doing outside of church? Are you part of any um, civic organizations? You know, are you helping out your community? Are you making a change? Um, for instance, you, you know, you kind of look at a lot of individuals and are you maybe boys and girls club? Are you a mentor? Are you doing something else? So it was good to have that balance from all those men. And I still speak to some of them today. That's what I was going to ask you. Was there a difference between kind of your relationship with your uh, your your father and your kind of paternal relationships? Um. Yeah. One major difference was the maturity aspect in Christianity, mm. because my father, um, when him and my mom got together, he was not saved. Or for listeners who may not know, he did not accept Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And so throughout the years, you know, I would see my dad, he didn't really have um, Christian maturity um, until, you know, he got saved. And then even around that time, even though I was in high school and everything in middle school, there were there would be certain things my dad may not have known because he just got into the faith. And so when it came to maturity and, you know, Christian themes or issues in life, they would have a little bit more leeway or a, a bit more understanding. Mm. Um, because of just the maturity. Not saying that my dad was not saved, but just the experience level. They knew a bit more. Yeah, and that means experience matters. That, right. that, that, that makes sense. So how many children do you have? I know the answer, but let the people know. Okay, so right now, two. We have two girls. Wifey and I have two girls. Shout out to my wife, Tete. Um, <laughs> you know, got to say the Haitian name. Yes, my wife is Haitian. Um, that's the story for another day. Because <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I mean, growing up, because of how I saw my mother, mm. strong black woman, a strong Haitian woman, she really made me love Haitian women mm -hmm. because I saw the love in her heart, you know, and her attention to details as well as the culture. She was very big up about, you know, don't forget who you came from, say and all of that. And so that kind of kind of shaped my mindset as of you know what when I get married I want a Haitian wife so yeah. shout out to my Haitian wife um and so we have two kids we have two girls and you know there are there are talks about expanding the family 
here's my next here's my next question did you always want to have children um yeah i wanted five kids wanted keyword now maybe one more that's <laughs> because yo the kids yeah it's a lot of work <laughs> i'm struggling with the one i got <laughs> i like so yeah. you you even having two i'm just kind of like oh my god <laughs> okay that because they're both um girls and they're close in age so in a sense it's like okay they can play with each other and all of that good stuff so yeah that's one thing that's pretty cool i know you don't have a son but you did you have a, you have a brother and you have a sister so you would have context to answer this next question which is do you think that parenting a son is different than parenting a daughter Oh yeah, most definitely. And, and I even watched um, from my father's perspective, how my dad treated my brothers and then our sister. We only had one sister. We only have one sister. And so I noticed the dynamics was really different as it relates to even just down as um, women carrying herself a different way because our parents and my dad was always want to make sure that, you know, she didn't have a child out of wedlock or making sure that it was brains and then beauty. He mm -hmm. always wanted to make sure that she carried herself in a way that she was intelligent. So when she opened up her mouth, people would know, oh, okay. Um, not look at her based off of her, her body, but based it off of her brain. And, and then also another fact too, with even treating the girl a little bit more, almost get away with more because of the, the guys you know you know of course you have to work as hard you got to take out the trash you got to do this you got to do all that and let the girl just slide by <laughs> every time i ask somebody this question i get i get different this is how i know that we're not a monolith i get a different response every time in one family it's like the girl had to do all of this. She had to cook and clean it. And the other family's like, my dad didn't do nothing to this girl. <laughs> he let her just slide completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my sister's watching. Love you, babe. Love you, <laughs> So let me ask you this. How do you think your influences or your experiences with your father, if your fathers and your father figures have influenced how you've become a father or molded you as a father now? Um, uh... The major thing is hard work. My dad, I, I would watch him leave the house maybe three, I'm sorry, five, six in the morning and wouldn't come back till late, sometimes after the sun went down. And so in my brain as a little boy, all I saw was, oh, papi octavai, papi octavai, meaning my father's working, my father's working, just in case that we have other people who don't understand Creole. Right. Um, my dad's working, my dad's working. So from the time I was a kid, all I knew was that, oh, okay, so the man of the household, he works, he works, he works, and he carries the family. So at a young age, I already knew that no matter what you have to do, you have to make sure your family has a roof, that your kids and your wife have food and they have clothes. Because that's what my dad did. He made sure that we were not in the street, no matter what, even if he got like a second side hustle or whatever, or a side job, but it was legal. Um, he it was legal. Let me just say that. Um, he made sure, and that really changed my perspective where I wasn't a lazy guy. Mm -hmm. So even now as a family, I'm always like, okay, what do I need to do? Do y'all have everything? Is there enough water? Is there enough 
chips in the pantry? Um, do you have enough socks? You know, just things like that that I'm thinking about so I can make sure that they're always covered. It's crazy how, like, even, even with the things that our parents never said, we've internalized so much of their personhood and it creates the image that we've created for ourselves as far as parenting. You're right. Um, and I would watch that. And one of the things that's very interesting too is we all kind of can understand the Haitian culture for us who are like, okay, 40 years or younger, we may understand because we all kind of fit in this type of um, age group where most of our Haitian parents, you rarely heard, I love you. Yeah. You probably never heard, you know what I'm saying? It was very rare. And so all, so growing up, it was like, okay, work hard, work hard. That was the love language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so even, and after a while, I was like, you know, you really never verbalized that a lot, but I'm gonna make sure I verbalize that when I grow up, yeah. This, my, 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 my mom, my dad says, every, every time we talk, have a conversation uh, and we end it, my dad ends it with God bless you. Years ago, my mom uh, was like, you know, uh, I said something like, you, you know, daddy, I've never heard daddy say the words I love you. He was like, he says it all the time. I was like, what are you talking about? Every time he says, God bless you, that's him telling you that he loves you. <laughs> You're like, no, daddy, I need to hear the words. Well, and now say it. I love you. Say it. What? <laughs> That that's what that meant the whole time. She was like, "Yeah, you didn't know." No, <laughs> what? <laughs> Golly. Oh, I, tell you. I love it. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, what what do you feel is the biggest untruth, or some of the biggest untruths about being a father, specifically being a black and or a Haitian father? Oh, that we are not there and we don't care for our families, mm. because mean that many many times a lot of us are not very vocal. So it looks as if you're emotionless, like you're just stoic. Mm-hmm. And so it might be like, oh, they're not there. They don't really care, but you're internalizing a whole lot. And I started learning this after getting married and now having um, um, two girls is how I'm learning how to take the pressure off of my wife. Mm-hmm. So what happens is a lot of times we're thinking over we're not showing as much because we're internalizing everything and trying to figure out what do you do. And so for some people, they may feel as if we don't know how to balance family or we don't know what we're doing, but we're trying to internalize everything so we could keep the pressure off of you. Mm. It's, yeah. and it's crazy how that doesn't even like, and that's why we have to have conversations like this. Yeah. Because we, I think women to some degree do it in a different way than men do it. Men do it differently than, uh, than women. And we're all trying to communicate the same thing. Like I'm here for you, but if we don't know the language to say that in a way that you might receive it, mm-hmm. it, it gets missed in the translation piece. That's very important. Um, and even being a married man, one thing that was very important. Um, this is a book by this Christian author, The Five Love Languages. I forgot the guy's name. But Chapman. Yeah, when I say facts, hashtag facts, I mean, he was not lying. That had to be a deep revelation or something that just the Lord showed him. But I do remember him saying that it happened throughout the years of him counseling people. He began to pull out love languages. Mm. And that is very important because that's one thing that we miss um, you know, married couples, men and women is that, that you have to identify what the person's love language is to know, oh, okay. Although he's not saying nothing, but his, his act of service, 
or his is affirmation or hers is gifts. Hers is active service, something else. And that will, I believe will kind of help a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think we generally speaking, we, we give the love language that we desire. So if I'm an active service person, I'm going to show you how much I love you. But oftentimes, the person who you're the person who you're married to is not an acts of per, acts of service person. It's crazy. It's a completely different person. Yes. <laughs> so trendy, trendy, trendy. Do yeah. you feel like fatherhood is celebrated enough? Um, I will say now, Yami, in this, I guess everybody has a platform generation that it's it's gotten much better. Why do I say that? Because, for instance, there was a while, um, I say this, when we had our first daughter, right, and I wanted to take off, I mean, I was flabbergasted at the fact that my company did not have paternal leave. Mm. I had to use sick time and vacation time to stay home with my my newborn. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't have paternal leave. And so I think in this society now where a lot of people are going to social media to voice their opinions about stuff, we see a whole lot more like, you know, daddy doing work or hashtag father stuff on social media is blowing up dads doing their daughter's hair or, you know, being part of their sons playing um, um, t-ball, football, basketball outside, whatever it is. And that's really helping because now our voice is being heard. Like, look, I'm just, I just didn't lay down with you. So I want, you know, I just didn't lay down with you just to lay down with you, but I want you to be the mother of our kids. And so, you know what? I have to have a say. People have to know that I'm not just a sperm donor. <laughs> I'm a father. I'm a dad. That's a good, that's a really good point about the paternal leave. Because yeah. it, it speaks to kind of the systematic idea that yeah. only like a father is a, a babysitter or a sperm donor, like you mentioned, yeah. and not a present figure, <laughs> which is completely polar opposite to what you're saying, what we've seen and what uh, many of us have experienced. Uh, Yams, let me tell you, I remember there were times when some people would say, oh, you're babysitting your daughters? And I cringe every time somebody says that. I'm like, no, I'm taking care of my babies. I'm the father. And a lot of people are now starting to get it, understand it because it's not, I'm very big. My wife and I are very, very big on gender roles. I know a lot of people, stuff's different, but as for us in our house, we're very big on that. However, that doesn't negate the fact that I'm still my kid's father and their dad. And they have to see daddy loves them. I'm that type of parent. I'll be right there. Hey, baby, with a big old sign that I'm that dad. I'm the one like when my daughter goes to school and I'm going there and making noise and let everybody know that's my baby. I'm that dad. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. So let's let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. All right. What are some gifts you think that fathers are tired of getting for Father's Day? Uh, a tie and a grill. <laughs> Y'all don't want a grill for Father's Day no more? Listen, we kind of want our own gift, not the whole gift of the family. Like when mom, when Mother's Day come, you know, the mother get the necklace or she get the bracelet or the diamonds or, you know, whatever she get the perfume. But then when it's the dad's gift, it's a gift for everybody. No, we want our own gift. <laughs> Buy me a tablet. You know what I'm saying? Buy me some drinks. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not going to wear a tie, so you should like your tie, right? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not all depends. Now, if, if the tie is popping, just don't get me no Ross now. I have to say this. 
my wife is very good about making sure she knows what type of gifts that I like and everything. I know, that's right. She's always like, you know, baby, you're so picky. I can't find anything for you. And I'm like, why she lie? I kind of, I'm kind of picky. <laughs> but, yeah, you've always been picky. Let, let, the record, let the record reflect that I have known you for uh, more than 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, A, B, C, D, this is what I want. People, this is why I had to send him my notes. I was like, let me tell you something. If you're going to go ahead and make some corrections, make them now. <laughs> Ever, typically speaking, anybody who comes on the podcast, you get bum-rushed with the questions. Right, right, right. <laughs> I hit, but this one, I was like, you know what? Mm-mm, I ain't going to do it. Kisa, <laughs> what was that question? No, 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 nothing, nothing. We'll scrap that out. I'll edit that part out. <laughs> okay, so what are some things that you think... Um, people can do to make fathers, specifically black fathers, feel more celebrated? Um, To really honor them and to give them credit where credit is due. Like to say, you know, King, you're doing a good job. You know what? Wow. I love the fact that you're involved in your kid's life. Even if you might not know, it might be your neighbor or go to a game. Well, now with coronavirus, never mind. Like if you're like, well, if you're at a family gathering or somewhere, well, before coronavirus, for instance, let's say if you're at a game or you're at a gymnastics meet and you see the father there having a candid conversation, like, wow, okay, you're with your child, you're doing it, you know, kudos to you, good job for being a part of your child's life because, yeah, I mean, the other thing too, every child I'm noticing, they know the difference when their father is not there. My daughters are six and three, okay? And there are times when I could be up, upstairs and something happens downstairs and I hear my daughter, where's daddy? And I'm like, what is going on? And wifey is right there, but they don't want mom, they want dad. And so it's, it shows you inherently how every child, there's a reason why the Lord made male and female. There's a reason because there's something that the mom gives and something that the father gives that can't nobody else give. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. What do you think mm-hmm. you want people to understand about parenting as a father in this day and age? And this is my final question to you. I should have said that before. Let me go ahead and rephrase it. My final question to you, friendy. Okay. <laughs> is uh, what do you think you want people to understand about parenting as a father in this day and age? Parent hmm. in this day and age. Because um, you're because out of all the people that I'm speaking to, you've probably been a parent for the least amount of years. Um, so, what do you think as a young father, as a a black man, as you know, a, a uh, an influencer? What do you want people to really understand? Um, to understand that this is a full-time job. And I don't want to say job, but a full-time commitment, rather, because I love being a father. And when you are with your, ch- your children full-time, it does something. It's not something that you, oh, you just drop off, and when I feel like it, I get into it, because you, you are empowering your child you are raising the child their mindset their um uh, perspective in life you're doing that and make sure that you're molding your child more and not society and i think even with this um pandemic one of the blessings if you would i know it's deadly and i'm not minimizing that at all but one of the i guess good things that's coming out of it is the fact that parents now are realizing wait this is actually my job to teach kids. I know that I put it off on teachers for so long, but now it's my time 
for me to get my child and for me to train my child the way that they should go. And so that's one thing I want to let people know that, you know, raising your child is a full-time commitment. Ladies and gentlemen, trendy, <laughs> trendy, friendy. Also the author of Stuttering Stephen. And yes. you can find him on your local newscast. You can follow him on uh, Trendy Friendy yeah. at, at, on Instagram. That's right. And really quick, you know, the Haitian shirt right over here. You know <laughs> My Haitian yeah. buddy. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. I always be about culture. That's one important thing. And that's one thing, too, about now. I'm really, you know, I was always gun ho Haitian. Um, but I just really love now that people are embracing mm. their backgrounds and their nationalities, like who they are. Because for a long time, for sometimes it was like, it was like a, oh, I don't want to say who I am. Like, what? No. I yeah, I mean, no, but that's, that's real. That's, that's real. These are, and, and it's kind of hard to not distinguish us. I'm not, and I'm not talking about even features, just expressions. You get right. a whole bunch of us together. There's no yeah. doubt in your mind. You're dealing with a whole bunch of Asians. Yes, exactly. It's going to come out. <laughs> Okay, Franny, thank you so much for agreeing to uh, come and speak to the people about your perspective on Black fatherhood. Um, I really thank value you. You know, thank you for having this dialogue and this platform, you know, utilizing this platform to empower us Black fathers and Black men, because, you know, obviously what's, it's a conversation for another time, but obviously what's happening around the world, it, it's mentally draining. Yeah. And many times people have to just understand that we're people too. Yeah, yeah, and you guys matter. Yeah, you guys definitely matter. Okay, well, Freddie, I'm gonna go ahead and stop this recording, okay. and then we can talk after that. <sighs> Wasn't that great? And that's only the first interview. I can't wait for you guys to hear some more perspectives um, from some of the other fathers that I've interviewed. I really, really think you guys are going to enjoy the celebration of Black fatherhood um, this month. Uh, if you haven't done so already, like, share, subscribe, tell the entire world that you can find me right here at Can I Be Honest? LLC, I believe, um, on uh, Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. You can also follow me personally at Yams B. Saiyan. That's Y-A-M-Z, the letter B for Bravo, Saiyan without a G. Uh, I think uh, I've talked enough. So, see you next time.